millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, Elizabeth. Yes. When it comes to consoling a heartbroken friend, what's your support style? I don't know. I'm fire and brimstone and honesty, or do you cuddle and? If the person's been an absolute fuckwit, I'm like, fuck him. Good luck. You know, you're better off. Let's, you know, anger is productive. (laughs) Yes. Um. But I guess if it's, you know, if they're heartbroken, I guess I try and figure out what they need from me at that moment. So if they mm. if they need me to be like, yes, you made the right decision, I'm that kind of cheerleader. They if they the- need me to go, I'm so sorry, here's some ice cream, you're amazing, you know. Like I think you got to judge it by the person, right? Right. Yeah, That's but that. so that would be a little coddling then, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you say, if you're t- telling them what they want to hear? Honestly, or- if they're in a heartbroken state, I think that's what people need, it's right? It's so like, hard to rouse someone out of that I think slumber, a couple of weeks later, once they've had time to deal with it, then you can be like, all right, pick your fucking self up. That person was garbage and you're better than this. Yes. But I think in that immediate moment post-breakup, you've got to figure out what they need from you in order to make them sleep, eat, you know, Act like a human being. Yes, do those basic human being things. I try. I uh, I like a fair and fair but firm approach. Yeah. Where you're fair about the, if they're talking about the relationship and the good time, you just sort of like, yep, fair enough. But then you're firm with getting them on track. And no, you're yes. not. You, why Why would you message them? No. Oh no, hundred <laughs> percent. Know, I will be confiscating their fucking phone yes, regardless you, of <laughs> which tack I take. So it is a it is an interesting blend of sort of there there you know hush now and no yes <laughs> bad. I want to post this in the group like what what's your comforting style so i'm going to make myself a little note to post this in our ghost of boyfriends past group therapy yes group because and we'll make that a little advert for the rest of you to pop along to facebook to jump onto our face of uh ghost of boyfriends past group therapy group uh to uh meet like-minded people in love and romance and uh to get early access to these questions and your own inputs and thoughts from others. Yeah. Mm, very good. Handy, handy. Hello, one. Hello, all, to Ghosts of Boyfriends Past. My name is Tom Harrison. Across from me is Elizabeth Best. Hello. And you join us on a main episode of our show where we, we get a guest on to hear their story about love, romance, dating, marriages, whatever, gone by. Now, you may think that we're here to have a laugh and a giggle and totally, totally that's part of it, but we try and learn as well. Liz, isn't that the main... I think that's the most important thing. Even when we're laughing or we're crying or whatever we're doing on a particular episode, the point is to figure out what we learned, both as listeners of the story and of uh, as the storyteller. Yeah, that's right. So that's, a, that's the mission brief of Ghosts of Boyfriends Past. And that brings us to our guest. Now, I'm excited today because guest, our guest today is a, is a very good friend of mine and a writing partner, but he doesn't know podcast Tom. He only knows real life Tom. Ah. So, it's like, so it's nice to introduce myself and our lovely readers to, um, to, to Maddie. 
Yeah, so the big mustache is a very big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this whole he's got his broadcast mustache that he yes. sticks on before every show. Uh, I'm a completely different fr- uh, person. Hello, Matthew. How are you? Yeah, it's, I'm good. I'm swell, even. He's it's swell. Oh, he's he's a, always swell and chipper. Yes, he is our very own good boy, is, is Matthew. And His uh, mask is firmly on. Had <laughs> <laughs> a long-time reader of the show, so it's good to, good to, Indeed. Have, you, good to have you on, my friend. Yeah, it's swell to be here. I gotta stop saying that word. No, you don't. <laughs> no, it's gonna. When, ca- sometimes when you like get behind the microphone, you like say a word, and then all of a sudden it's the only word that, that you can think of yeah. for the entire episode. One hundred percent. Name of the episode: just swell in caps. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie and <It's> swell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, as a long-time reader of the show, I wonder if you could remind us of the rules. We've oh, never had a guest. You're gonna make We've the guest had, tell us I'm the rules. I'm not making, but uh, but I have a different relationship with this man where I feel like I can bully him more and okay, get away cool. with it. Not Good. Know. But, you know, mm-hmm. sure. cool, 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 cool. A chipper pop quiz, if yes. you will. Yes. Here we go. Um, so, number one. Yes. Pseudonyms. Yes, pseudonyms. Well done. Super important. Mm-hmm. And on that point, no uh, no investigators, no uh, sleuths. Yes, that's no right. If you figure out who Matthew's talking about, you know, you've... you've, you've uh, Pierce through his alibi, his alibi, his fake names provided for these people. Uh, no sharing of phone numbers, emails. It's not emails, what we're about. No. We're about learning lessons. We're not about exposing anybody or, or, you know, having a go at anybody. Which brings us to our third rule. No uh, uh, attacking threats. No threats. Would That's be the, the word. Be no threats the word. on mic. On mic, <laughs> please. So when, the, when that uh, computer over there stops recording, go absolutely ham. We do. Um, but uh, on air, nice and... Nice and civil, please. So that's the premise of the show. That's our guest. And Matthew's here. He's going to uh, take us down the garden path yeah. of romance gone by. Yeah, tell a bit of a tale, if you will. I'm yes. kind of excited because this is the first episode in a while that I haven't been briefed on. That I have no idea what's coming. Yeah, so... so uh, get ready for me to make a lot of fuck that comments and bits <laughs> and bobs. Yeah, because so it was interesting yeah. because I you know, was, was sat down to write this. Yeah. And... Yes, good move. Uh, um, I sat down to write this and I just found like I really couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Because initially, initially we were going to have um, Maddie write in. And uh, to my surprise, when I texted Tom to say, okay, so we're sorted, he's like, oh, no, Maddie's coming in. I was like, oh, well done you. Because, like, it's difficult. I've got to say, like, a lot of people who come on, um, you know, it's not all like, yeah, let's be famous and put ourselves on a microphone. It's Mm. tough to tell your own tales. And I, for one, think I commend you for being here, for fronting up, for doing the thing, and and we appreciate you. Each and every guest that comes on this show, they could be be sharing a story which is hilarious at their expense but they still have to get up and share that that yeah. happened to them so it's it's brave for anyone to do it so in your own time matthew piece it together we'll cobble it along and we'll tie it mm. up with a, with a bow at the end uh you are he is a writer by trade everybody so that the inner writer in this man is going how do i express this story in proper in a proper arc and interesting just get it to start just, and get yeah, it yeah in the, in the back of my mind just tell it like a normal person would. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what i say every time i try to write something how would a normal person say this <laughs> this is impossible it's also me being a writer also explains why I completely missed writing this deadline. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All, All right. right. Here we go, old Maddie. Just like a normal person. Yeah. It all started when I was two. <laughs> <laughs> there I was. 
A little tyke in front of the television, and my parents thought it fitting to show this child the how the world works. A introduction to the great greatness of art and wonder and philosophy that we can present to ourselves. I should have got a snack. Liz. Yeah, it's like you know we've got a time limit on this episode, right? Six hours, I hope. A Ken Burns documentary <laughs> about me, <laughs> old Matty. He's a writer, folks, but not an editor. No. no. <laughs> um, but. On that point, I got brought up on old films. Yes. That's why I'm so about old Hollywood quite. Uh, why he says swell, such mm. a lot. All that jazz. and I. But the first thing I ever remember watching was Pirates of Penzance. Right. So my introduction to like love and romance was high romantic. Oh, wow. Big gestures, sing your heart out, all honesty. Okay. Bound, like you find the one and you're like utterly devoted and you do the thing. And going through life, I would, I watched a lot of movies. I had like a movie a day at one point, which was pretty awesome. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. And, but I got into a bad habit of watching these things and kind of having this inner mind of self inserting and thinking this guy's botching this relationship. I know exactly what to say to keep, to keep this going swell. Like this would be smooth sailing. If I was in this situation, this guy's a jump. And I had that kind of self-righteous yeah. bravado for a long time. And yeah. I, uh, I'd like to commend you for acknowledging that and for, for saying it, for recognizing that uh, mm. not an, I don't think there's enough self-reflection in, in society and not, not enough people are going, yeah, I was a little bit of a, an asshole from years to, uh, Hey, he didn't say he was an asshole. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, this is my own self-reflection. But, yes. But on that point. Yeah. Um, going through, like say if I was consoling a heartbroken friend, I become the Riddler. Because yeah. it's it's all questions with me and trying to dig about the why and the what they want next and what they what that's the writer in you yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. motivation trying to dig yeah and this is weird drive for people to like have epiphanies in front of me so then I can remember it and like I will remember the scene later <laughs> <laughs> um, and so when it came to high school and such like my parents were very like very like not pressure at all about dating to right. quite the opposite in fact that mm. not strict but they just like didn't really want to even acknowledge that that would be a thing that i would want to go through yeah um and that was uh, that was for all of your siblings not all siblings, so a blanket yeah. a blanket man blanket just you know romance no pressure here we're just a family and we're just gonna do our thing um and so when it came to high school i had this lofty idea of what dating i f- should be like mm. and in my mind it's like you needed your own place. You needed transport. You needed to be able to take the, take people out on good dates and experiences. Right. And kind of the practicalities of dating right? yes. and the, on a service level. Yeah, gotcha. So the idea of buying into a relationship while in high school just seemed literally absurd to me. You were like end game from the start, yeah. right? Like none of this trying it out and seeing what it's like. You're like, no, I'm not ready. Mm. I need to have all this end game stuff because when I do it, it's going to be right and it's going to be the one straight off the bat. Absolutely. Yeah. Shit, it that's was, a lot of pressure. Ooh, <laughs> it was. <laughs> so I went through all of high school like, you know, crushes here and there, yeah, but yeah. just like no drive to pursue any of it. Um, and then got to uni and still felt like still was still living at home and just studying. And But at that point, I had just left an old boys' school and I was surrounded by beautiful women. Women all of a sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden, yes. And 
not only that, but I was at uh, Kelvin Grove uh, studying film. And so I was, they were all creative and cool and smart and witty. And I was like, okay, Maddie. They're all manic pixie dream girls. <laughs> <laughs> Which works because I'm a manic tre- pixie dream boy. <laughs> yeah, I was described as that recently and it's blown my mind. <laughs> You're carrying it with you, but evidently. Um, mm. So, yeah, yes, you enter university and all the uh, delightful wonders Indeed. held within. It's like a like a satellite going into space for the first time. <laughs> like, Look at all these stars. Um, but then, me being me, I was like, "Now, nah, Maddie, this film is a cooperative business. You you got three years, and then the third year, you do you have to make a grad film and work with your cohort to make your film. Mm. You don't want to have like left some landmines for you and from first year and third year with people who won't work with you again because dating went wrong." So I went into uni with one rule, no dating within my course. Okay. Uh, Which was a good, solid rule, and I stand by it. I am am a firm believer as someone who's dated a co-worker in the don't shit where you eat policy. Absolutely. (laughs) But uh, as a result, uh, I didn't really talk to anyone outside of my course. (laughs) So, like... I had a swell time through uni and I wasn't like frustrated or anything like that. But I, I about like halfway through second year when I was getting a bit more like not anxious to date, but interested in the idea of it. It's like, mm. oh, maybe it is possible to date without all of the practical kind of prerequisites I had set for myself. It definitely is. As someone <laughs> yes. who dated well before I had my, oh, I still don't have my own place. So if I was waiting for that to date somebody, like, oh, we're in trouble. Precisely. So I was like, I was starting to like get a bit more lenient on that front. But I was like, okay, I'm not talking to anyone outside of this degree. Mm. And during the degree I got, I, but the, the, benefit of this system was that I was talking to literally everyone with no expectation or nervousness or any kind of like, you know, when you're in with, with your crush and you get all tongue tied and yep. mm. or yeah. you over, you're overcompensate or you're, you're you just come yeah. out uh, not yourself. Yeah, exactly. Something changes. It's weird. And you know, it's weird because it's happening to you in real time. And you got, you just want to say, I'm not like this normally here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's happening. No, <laughs> so that never happened. Thankfully, mm. I made a lot of friends just by being myself because mm. I didn't have this expectation or drive mm. uh, going on. Uh, but as a result, I also, uh, not to bloody brag, uh, <laughs> had a few crushes on, on a little old Maddie. No, oh, cute. <laughs> it was like, oh. And I actively tried to defuse them. Uh, <laughs> get them out you're like oh no i'm too desirable what have i done <laughs> so rather rather have some poor poor thing having unrequited feelings for you you uh oh, i didn't like do anything like, i didn't like co- present myself wrong or anything but i just kind of like set firm boundaries and hey, sometimes yeah. just was open about my rule um and that, and yeah that worked out and I would feel like really good when they would move on. (laughs) Like job done, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's like, ah, they're happy. I can still be their friend. No one's hurt. Jolly good. Onwards to filmmaking. Because I had a step-by-step plan to be like the greatest filmmaker ever. Yes. Which I immediately tossed out of the window as soon as uni finished. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in the first year, we meet Gwen. Okay. Now, Gwen quite clearly immediately has a crush on me. Mm-hmm. And 
Gwen's cool, and I get along with Gwen, but there's not that fire that I expected. Yes, that um, spark or whatever, yeah, that, whatever, whatever description. What I like to, to call the movie magic of romance ah, yes, doesn't always exist. Mm. Doesn't front. always exist, but I do because of my journey. I do really believe in it. Yeah, in a way. of course. And it kind of goes in like I really enjoyed your talks about that subconscious, like the, um, that um instinct especially that women have when something's wrong yeah Mm. and i think that's really us just the brain is so smart and the subconscious is so powerful it's why like i never finish i never finish writing on everything i've wanted to write that day i finish on like just before that point so that my subconscious can go off from the last little bit left and marinate on that yeah Yeah, and work for me for the next day um, and that instinct, I think, really just comes from reading subconscious cues. And that's why we get that feeling in the gut. Mm-hmm. And this whole journey really taught me to trust my gut. Because in that first year, I knew, she, I knew she, Gwen was cool, smart, but she, she wasn't for me. She right. was not a right fit because I didn't have that movie magic gut feeling. Right. Were you, uh, in this first year, were you, yeah. would you call yourself friends? Were you acquaintances? Where were you on the sort of closeness oh. scale? Started off as acquaintances, mm. like, you know, in O Week, you know, talking out front yeah, of yeah, lectures, yeah. lectures and stuff and just, but um, I, we became friends, like got invited to a birthday party and I met her friends. And, yeah, okay. But it was also when I started to realise, oh, Gwen has a crush on me, as I suspected, but coming from an old boys school and like I was going to swimming clubs once a week. So I was interacting with women and girls my age from like my primary school and stuff on the reg, mm. but just going from the old boys school, the idea of like immediately going to uni and like in the first week, some assuming someone had a crush on me right. felt like hubris. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <this isn't>, mm. <laughs> but it got, it got confirmed after a birthday party. Cause one of her like friends at that party was like, Maddie, I don't know if you know this, but Gwen has a massive crush on you. And I was, and I was so annoyed about that because it's like, <laughs> now it's like on record that I know. I've yes. been playing it cool and yeah. trying to figure out how to like. You had plausible deniability. <laughs> exactly. uh, I, I was robbed. <laughs> so kept my, got, kept my distance yeah. and kind of set my boundaries. And then later that year, Gwen got a boyfriend. And right. I was like, yes. And Gwen was a sound engineer, a very good sound engineer. And so Gwen is like a unicorn in the film business. Like mm. there's in the, by the end of third year, there were only like three sound engineers in total. Right. And there's like 10 grad films that need to be made. And I was good now becoming really good friends with one of them, which I was super stoked about. Right. Both as a mercenary producer, but also just as a fella. Yeah. She, she is swell. Um, so let's take a pause here. I'm not sure. So they Gwen ends up with a boyfriend, and you don't get any you don't get any um, sense of jealousy or anything like that. You're more relieved. You're like, great, that little she had a crush on me. I didn't need that. That's gone out of my way now. Excellent. Do they stay together for a while? What where do we go? I think that's a very good way to put it. I didn't need that. So you're you're, you're right. I, yeah, no jealousy at all. It mm. just felt yeah. like. Okay, back to the plan. Mm. Um, and that relationship went steady for a couple of years. Yeah, so I didn't need that. So we went back to the plan. Mm. And that relationship went steady for a couple of years. And then uh, it ended. And I like helped her through that and asked all my riddles and questions to mm-hmm. see how she could grow from it. And like 
see what she, how she could grow from some of the questionable decisions she made, but mm. also was focusing on like acknowledging that those decisions didn't define who she was. And that's yeah. Like, so you're being yeah. a good friend and kind of basically going, okay, so how do we, how do we move on from this? How do you, you know, not blame yourself? You don't want to be the judgy friend if you think mm. someone's made questionable decisions, but you want them to try and grow from that. Exactly. It's a, it's something I very, very passionate about that I always try to understand rather than judge Mm. and after that that rapport and that connection got quite deep and affectionate like no it wasn't romantic or anything but we did get like closer as friends you have another understanding with somebody I think when you when you go through a particularly um so a situation where someone else is particularly vulnerable and you're helping them through that situation Mm. it kind of takes a friendship to a really deep level I think Mm. yeah nearly a shared grief or shared experience it's close yeah. to that so you do have a, an understanding okay so yeah. you get you get a bit closer yeah it's um, a, and it's a, it feels like a good level of trust there we're doing our grad films it's third year now don't worry re- readers i've skipped ahead a bit <laughs> <laughs> um and we're fi- we've finished um it's now the uh graduation after party yep and We've had a, uh, we're, we're a bit loose with the giggle water, uh, <laughs> and and like now that we're graduating, like the rule that's does right, not yes. apply. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'll admit I don't have my scroll yet, so it's not quite above water. <laughs> <laughs> above water. But you know, all of the assessment assessments is, is done. Yep. We're we're out of the woods, and so at this party, uh, we, we have a cheeky hookup. Okay. And, and yep. It happens very fluidly. I like approached her, kissed her on the cheek. She didn't quite know what happened but was like whoa all right okay cool yeah yeah which can be a bit of a surprise especially if you've put somebody in the crush category and then firmly put them in the we're really good friends now Mm. to to change that boundary back again can be quite a like a a surprise yeah it was quite stark uh a surprise a good surprise like there was a there was like a runway there was a yeah (laughs) it was like a bit of like a you know how planes like do that whole like journey yeah the yeah yeah before they, yeah, before they the take right. off <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like that whole we've moved thing. away from the terminal yeah, yeah. at the same time <laughs> but it sounds to me you guys got uh, hooked up from building uh, natural compassion and trust and sharing and so it it, it grew out of a, a kind of a good place yes. so that's good and and it was interesting because we also had that shared experience of university. Yes. Like mm. Coming out of that same environment, knowing the same people and going to like the same like uni parties mm. and such. And uh, I was like a menace for my big plan back then and my ambition. So her being like, cr- like crew, like sound engineering, and mm. then me being my above the line madman, uh, there was no like rivalry or competitiveness which i wouldn't have now but back then i definitely yeah if i would have i was insane (laughs) (laughs) i am still but just more channeled yes (laughs) um and so then we just saw each other like casually for six months no communication just like what is this i don't know i'm just i i still felt awkward let's keep kissing (laughs) yeah yeah it's like i you know so it's like she would come and hang out at my like home where like I still live with my folks and stuff and still was not quite defined whether it was like this is this a dating hangout or are we just like hanging out with friends but it was like it was almost like 50 first dates like keep meeting up for the first time and then building <laughs> up to a romantic level yeah <laughs> over and over uh until finally I still didn't feel the spark right mm. and I just didn't have that gut feeling and so I called it around the six months mark. I was like I think the spark's important um you're awesome, but I'm going to 
go on my merry way because I think I didn't, yeah, I didn't go too profound into it, but I'll go back to why I thought the spark wasn't there. But yeah, it just, it just didn't seem like we were right fit. Mm. And I was, but it was a bit too ambiguous and loose. Um, and I walked away and feeling like that was the right decision, but still like more hurt than I expected. Mm. And then a week goes by and we still text. I can't remember if like we just wanted to be friends again, I think. So well, you've had a foundation of friendship. So sometimes if you've had a foundation of friendship, it's easy to go back to that. Yeah. yeah. So it was a good effort to start texting, uh, to, to start being friends. And as a result of that, with the pressure of like the confusion off, the rapport was lightning, just really, really fun and, and strong. Mm. Um, did that uh, when Harry met Sally thing where you watch a movie and you start at the same time and you know, have a call going. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, so that and that's, yeah, it's cute. That was all very very film geek cute. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, got me. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my whole brand. <laughs> and uh, I was in, still invited to her birthday party. These birthday parties are a weird, like thematic through, through line. line. Um, You're thinking about this in scenes, aren't you? Like yeah, a movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So next scene. Same time next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I go to this birthday party and and I've like made the resolution that it's like. I want to ask her to like properly date me this time. Right. I've, I've, right. I've got, so you this, I've got I've the, built feelings and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's all seemed to be following a very nice script. Yeah. Um, so you, what's the time frame between going, I don't think there's a spark here to going, hang on. Sparks abound. <laughs> about a week and a half. That's yeah. not a long. That's not no. a long soul searching, Matthew. No, no, no. It, no, it isn't. And in hindsight, uh, I probably should have stuck with my gut. Um, I don't regret anything because I learned a lot through all of this and still got a lot of happy experiences. Excellent. But so lessons learned segment on this show will be wonderful. Oh, the lessons end. all the way, old buddy. Great. <laughs> so uh, something in in you p- wants to pursue this. Yes, and you do. And I do, and the birthday party, it goes swell. Yeah, like, uh, a movie, cinematic, like, very, like, we messed around, let's go serious. Yep, we're going steady. And from there, it's, like, solid honeymoon phase relationship. Smitten. Smitten, yeah, have, yeah, the whole bit, seeing each other, like, most days of the week. Living in each other's pocket space. Pretty but much, more or yeah, less, yeah. you can't breathe oxygen without this other person. Yes. Yeah, strong date idea after date idea, just, and, but... That's something I'll go to, but mm. around like the fourth month, uh, still in this honeymoon phase quite firmly, I felt like I am nailing this, yeah. this whole boyfriend thing, that whole- A inner- plus, gold trophy, Oscar goes to <laughs> for best boyfriend. So what did you think? Yeah. Yeah. What did you think you were nailing? Just, just being a boyfriend just in Just being a, a boyfriend, yeah. Coming up, like saying the right things, comforting the right way. I'm killing it. I'm killing it. And that is the wrong approach to bring to a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, both the boys are just seeing me start to shake my head on the other side of the table being like, and uh-uh. And we're like giggling like, ha, 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 bravado. Nailing it. Yes. High five. And the, I'm just like, mm so I can already tell. It's like, damn fools. <laughs> and because the big word I, um, I said before that I hate that really was a key word was script. Mm-hmm. Like I was... Following the script to say the right things that, you know, even if something deep down bothered me, I didn't really define my own social contracts enough to say, yes, that bothers me. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't give a damn that it might, you know, catapult this relationship to the sun. Um, So you were were on scene four months in. You're playing the character of boyfriend. You're not being Maddie. Exactly. And I was still like being sincere in a lot of ways, but 
really just icing on the cake and the cake was mainly just boyfriend. Yes. The, and and yeah. does this – look, we may be getting ahead of myself, but I'm just feeling I'm sensing that you may start neglecting any of your own needs. Oh, yes. When you're playing this character. Mm. I would – yeah, I stopped writing for a bit because I would feel like if I was writing, I'm not on scene to – be boyfriend, yeah, which was kind of reinforced, and it's not a blame thing. This is just, I Mm-mm. think, the no, nature and, of and, the relationship that was built. This happens more often than mm. like it happens a lot where people kind of get really wrapped up in their relationship and making sure everything's okay by the relationship that a lot of their own needs kind of just yeah. I can't go to work today. I'm a boyfriend <laughs> now. <laughs> Full time. <Yeah. laughs> I would love to see you, mother, but I'm busy being a boyfriend, boyfriend. around town. Right. My resume is just. Cap- Yes. Boyfriend. boyfriend. <laughs> yes. Okay. Impressed, sir? <laughs> I, I guess. You can have the job, okay, Maddie? Yeah. You've nailed the interview. I don't want it because I'm a boyfriend. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, storm out. <laughs> so, and so unfortunately, because this dynamic was established, me writing was a problem for Gwen sometimes if it felt if she felt like it ate into our time together mm-hmm. so me taking that time apart even if i was like is it okay today if i spend the day writing uh afterwards i'd be driving home and it's like this big text saying uh i'm upset that you spent the whole day writing mm. <laughs> right so you you gave you gave up a b- part of yourself but also you had it taken or you gave it up more willingly you had it taken away more willingly mm. you um you uh you said, no, I'm a boyfriend now. So you sort of walked away from writing and other things. But yeah. also she in, was saying, hang on, you can't do, you can't do that when, yeah. on a well, date with me. Yeah, yeah. When, you, when you've set somebody up with no boundaries, mm. yes. uh, then actually putting in boundaries seems like you're taking something away from them. Yes, yeah. that's true. The script was spotty. It was mm-hmm. all over the place. You need an editor, <laughs> my friend. And was it... Uh, so you're driving home from one of these days. Were you bothered? Were you upset at the time? Or were you I was, were you bullshitting yourself and rising above it? I was honestly full of beans about the writing that I had done that day. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, as I went, when at the tail end of that, I, I left and I felt something was wrong. And I was like, oh, no. Mm, okay. <laughs> and then drove, drove so how does, home. So how does it develop from here? So is this does this become a pattern? That kind of becomes a pattern. And it's interesting because my a big part of still like the character of boyfriend was of still like Maddie, the persona kind of thing. Mm. And that persona still includes the writer. Mm. So I was still writing, but it was almost, and in, you know, she was encouraging of it when she could be, when it felt like she it didn't need into our time. And I didn't feel that way. Cause I also put a lot of external pressure, projected pressure from mm. her onto myself. So like she worked in a jazz bar and it was dope. And she worked in the basement. She would reserve a seat for me. I wrote a lot of a play in that jazz bar, listening to live jazz, that's kind of cool. It was pretty cool. And it was a very It's also, cool. again, it's a movie scene. You know this. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do yeah. indeed. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you flash back to little old Maddie at primary school, uh, before he ever had any agenda to date, I would try out the high romance scenes I had seen in these old movies and mm. Gilbert and Sullivan <laughs> because I just thought that's what you do when you find someone neat. You're just the freaking <laughs> Ryan Gosling character in La La Land, really, aren't you? I connected to that movie t- <laughs> I too know much. you would have. I didn't even, we've never talked about this before, but I just yeah, feel you, it in my bones. If you know this man well enough, you just know these things. Like, <laughs> so... Um, uh, how long? Uh, I want to know how long you guys have been together. When these stores, I don't know, their feelings bumps. are, are yeah. Yeah, arriving. Well, on, see, the thing is, this was never considered a speed bump. So this mm. script went all the way till like 
two and a half years until it all started falling apart. So you're That's not uh, so during the two and a half year time frame, you're not quest- you're not really questioning it all. It hasn't like, really bubbled yet. I'm getting frustrated that like it feels I feel guilty when I stop to write or take go into the study and stuff, and I'm like constantly pulling myself away. Um, right to like check and and it goes to like the, the four month period of the honeymoon period mm. um she befriends a bartender and i'd know i always wanted to and i hold to this i think everyone should want their partner to have their own life absolutely and have their own friends no matter who they are and i really and i still encourage that um the way i like to imagine ships is nautically like t- instead of like all piled onto one ship it's two mighty ships sailing side by side mm. and it's okay if they go like sail around like different things every now every now and then but as long as they stay side by side yeah not passing in the night yeah exactly <laughs> yes. um uh but alas uh this uh this bartender seemed very uh we'll call them mel uh seemed very communicative and interested in gwen and gwen i think for all of my like kind of full-time boyfriending mm. It felt like it was a, because I was at at its core insincere, even more insincere than I knew, because I was playing the script. Yes, that kind of surety, assurance, and confidence that this person wants to be with me, and that validation and affection didn't ring true enough. So Gwen didn't want to, but f- like invited affection from other areas. Right, didn't cheat, but was open to like those deeper connections with other people and stuff. Um, So, you know, going out drinking after shifts and stuff and staying at his place. And um, so, and I I guess it, yeah, I guess it depends on where you put the cheating line. Mm. I don't know. For me, my cheating line has always been um, if you wouldn't do something with your partner standing right next to you. Then it's probably cheating, mm. and the, we we know that cheating, Matthew, is can can be more than just p inside v. You know, <laughs> there, there, there is emotional, you know, emotional cheating. Yes, know, so may, maybe that's mm. what was going on. Uh, it's what it was what it felt like, and I couldn't get a straight answer about it. Like because yeah. I was getting, more, I was like, I'm cool. I'm a cool boyfriend. Stick to the script, Maddie. I'm cool. I'm such a cool boyfriend. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. And like seeing, like she would like have text from him and then put her phone under a pillow. Oh no, that breaks my heart. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And that would be big blocks of text. And it's like, I've never hacked into anyone's phone. No. And I never will. Um, but. That it, kind of behavior, like the texting, I like I've had an ex who would text, uh, like pick up the phone, see who it was from and under the table. Text back, and I'm like, I'm sitting right next to you, dude. Like, mm. just because I can't see what you're writing doesn't mean that I can't see that you're trying to hide it. Yeah, it's it's a bad vibe. It's, it's a bad a, vibe. Yeah. So and I, even though it's not may not be the worst, the fact that they still want to hide something from you feels awful. Yeah, just twisted my gut, and I think I was picking up a lot of these subconscious things as well because mm. I was like, you got no evidence, Maddie. It's, especially uh, if you'd been friends before and you'd shared this kind of stuff when you were friends, when you've got a foundation of sharing what's going on in your life and then all of a sudden certain yeah. details get left out, it leaves you feeling really uneasy. Yeah, and I was yeah, I was really losing my mind and I couldn't stop thinking of the relationship like a house of cards because this would happen like we'd have like a, a whole day together and it was like perfectly cinematic romance. Mm. And so I was like, I built my house of cards and then the next day crash on his couch, um, not tell me about like, you know, how the hangout was yes. and stuff yes. and text yes. every day. And it's just a 
cars just fell and it's like ah so you drive yourself crazy going it's perfect but 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 it's trash. not uh, <laughs> yeah, it it's perfect but i sorry it's perfect but i feel like garbage yep. <laughs> yep. yeah um yeah so and it wasn't great at the time as well because there was no like concrete evidence and i also am a believe like i love a good gallivant on the town and i do believe that if you trust someone and you can crash on their couch and that's an easier way to like get your sleep after a gallivant mm. do so mm. so there was nothing inherently wrong with her staying on his couch i think no more so the fact that she felt the need to hide details uh, yeah. from you which makes you like and she might not have been doing anything wrong but the fact that she's not telling you full stories after having a pattern of established telling you full stories is going mm. to feel mm. destabilizing yeah. yeah and so the old detective in my brain was going a bit haywire and so he did the one th one thing that i'm like forever dis uh dishonorable about and ashamed of mm -hmm. i'd given a um gwen a journal mm. oh yeah and Maddie. i knew she wrote in it and i could not get a straight answer about this so i read the last entry in the journal there we <laughs> that's to you that's to me <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i felt terrible uh but i saw a line uh it's like i can never tell maddie what i did Oh. <laughs> now that's quite the gut punch to read because there's no inf there's yeah. no information, right? There's yeah, yeah, no information, but it says every it's, yeah. it tells Maddie, your brain yeah. everything. So Never tell what I. And can't, this is uh, like a this is a oh no that's awful to read and also oh no you did a really shit thing to yeah, yeah. Maddie. And how do you, yeah. yes how do you find this information? But then bring it up in you conversation. Yes. You can't. Speaking as someone who has done the thing, who has picked up the phone and looked at the message. You can't. So even if you're in the right, right? You're the you're not the You're not in the right once you've gone through somebody's stuff. Yeah. That's why I immediately confessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it get it over and done with yeah. Yeah, so I immediately confessed, but then was like, but I need to know what this line means for my sanity. Um and uh this is the this is what I got and this is I've got no real reason to doubt this truth. Mm. But she spent the night in his bed but didn't do anything. Okay. Uh, that was the truth behind that line. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, okay. See, the problem, <laughs> not not with that, but the problem with being like, I did a shit thing, but here's what I found out, is that you're never going to get the true answer that you want because you've, you've made it so fucking easy for the other person to turn around and make the fight about you. Yeah. Rather mm. than about them. Yes, And then right. you spend the night defending yourself rather than, mm. yeah. Yeah, two, two uh, I mean, maybe I, I probably should have caught more flack for it, but I got left let off the hook for a bit. Like that's, there was a lot of a, admission about like. That's yeah, a freebie. That, that was a freebie, that yeah. That was an absolute freebie. Yes. Um, so I didn't feel great about that, but we got through and I thought, okay, we're solid, I guess. <laughs> like. I don't know. Oh, my heart would still be in my butt every single time they were late or, you know, not home mm. when they said they'd be. Or and uh, it was. Yeah. Yes, you um, can, can terrorise yourself with the and it was a, mental images. And it was, a, it was something I think you said, uh, emotional red flags. Yeah. I was, I was dismissing them completely because the intellectual red, like there was 
intellectually it was smooth sailing on paper like, everything was fine. on paper everything was fine yeah. all according to the script tick 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 we've done this scene we've done the interior exterior you know yeah and then none of the subtext though mm, maddie none of the subtext yes. and i just i straight I, like, I knew it i felt it and i straight up ignored it and i think it's because deep down going back to that bravado thing i wanted to win at being a boyfriend yep. like, like yeah like sure. losing the relationship meant losing yeah yeah uh, which was a terrible, terrible ethos uh, that I didn't acknowledge at the time. It was just mm. like, you know, my first relationship. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that got like super serious because I... You because know, that's what you—that's what the script in <laughs> yeah. the movie says it's meant to be. It's the one from the start or it's nothing. Yes, indeed. So two years <laughs> go by mm-hmm. um, and we're getting... And, you know, uh, so the bartender... I kind of once it got another freebie of that, like that never came to any kind of natural boiling point after that because he left town. That is absolutely a freebie. So just immediately diffused, suddenly all is well again. But from that moment, I think one, because I wasn't held accountable for my breach and because um, I was also validated in terms of feeling those suspicions and that distrust in a way. Um, there was just a complete fractured foundation of trust. Like there's nothing there. So all we had was the script Yeah. suddenly because anything that could have been discovered underneath it, gone. Yeah. Um, mm. But the two years that kind of go as they should, beat for beat, you know, move into, uh, I move, I, I was living in a hole for a year. <laughs> yes, uh, I remember the hole, the uh, hole. We love the hole. No, we, we didn't really, didn't love the hole at all. One of the floors sloped downward so yeah. you could you wake, <laughs> wake up in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, Dickensian cold in the morning next to a laundromat. As soon as I left, after uh, the landlord demanded a bond clean, it got demolished. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What a dick. Dump that landlord. No way. (laughs) I like to think of it like literally handing the money to the bond cleaner as the the bulldozers come. (laughs) (laughs) So over the two years, you get your own place and a car and the the sort of vision becomes things. It becomes more of a reality. But there's no platform in the relationship there's no really pla- there's no like, real we don't foundation. have many things in common in terms of like our hobbies and stuff our rapport is like clutches reliant on like running jokes and yes. shared experience yes. rather than just saying humor that is we just find <laughs> funny because yes. we because i don't think in the end we found each other very funny which is heartbreaking that's because yeah. that's such a huge foundation of any relationship with me is <laughs> that i have to the- find them amusing and I would like them to find me amusing. Yeah. Like like humor is so important to me. Oh yep. Yeah. Oh yep. So so in a big way I feel like I was you know, I was I was definitely a heel, but um like it was just like not a there was not a recipe for success. So, <laughs> so what broke it? Well we're living in uh, like a townhouse together that has like this lovely sandstone sunset boulevard kind of architecture. And so I called it Sunset. I always name the houses I'm in. So the hole was Needle House um, because <laughs> it was opposite the Sky Needle and it looked like a crack house. Um, <laughs> and uh, this one was Sunset Manor. Right. It's Sunset Boulevard, okay. Hollywood. Yeah. But also when I moved into it, I had this kind of gut feeling of like, this is going to end in tears, like justifying to myself. It's like, it's okay to start a chapter and it ends as long as you like enjoy the experience of it. So yeah. that kind of just live in the moment, Maddie. Don't, don't worry about like the long run. Um, That's future Maddie's problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Maddie set up future Maddie by naming the place sunset. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, and 
it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that in the movie business is what we call for shadowing, mm-hmm. folks. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a, a very mythological kind of theme to this, like to the street names around here. Yep. I'm going to change the mythology uh, to not give away the address. Yes. Yes. Yeah, please yes. don't. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, can we can we just say that they were very prophetic sounding street pro- names? Yeah, yeah very. Yeah, but there's a yeah. particular one that I have to like directly reference mytholo- mythologically wise because it. Um, so there was another. Uh, we'll call them Robert. Robert came into the picture. Okay. So we rock climbed in the first like year of our relationship with a big group, mm-hmm. and we got really into it. But I do things for the adventure of it. And when the adventure of rock climbing just felt like another gym. Yes, thank you. I'll cut in now. Uh, yeah. Climbing a, a rock wall in an air-conditioned gym, like, what? That's, that's not the adventure. Get, get out in the wild well, and rock and it's climb. It's training for rock. the cliffside rock climbing, which I uh, also did. Get out But also, it. you get to, like, be attached okay. to ropes and We're sail down. We're tangenting here. This <laughs> is yeah, not... Stop, stop talking about the sports, boys. <laughs> I fucking hate rock climbing. Sports Go back to the relationship. Analogies. No. Um... um so rock climbing <laughs> rock and then Robert. And then Robert. So, uh, so like, you know, a year and a half after we've stopped rock climbing because we're like the group kind of fell, um, not fell apart, but just disbanded. Mm-hmm. Um, she wanted to start rock climbing again. Supportive. You yep. do, you do your thing. I was doing like my own sports as well. Um, and started climbing with Robert, who is a musician that she sound engineered for. Um, and they got along well. So they became like climbing partners mm-hmm. and, Got started to get that feeling again. Yeah. Not because, again, she she has plenty of friends and she had plenty of guy friends and stuff, but every so often one would come along that would do that knock to my gut. Yeah. Because the stories would be incomplete and kind of elusive. Yep. And the contact was a lot. Um, This time I was like, I'm going to kind of listen to my gut and just like – like pay attention to the emotional red flags this time because at this point you know we had two cats we had that we had the place i was more invested this time mm. so i couldn't just like i didn't feel like i could just like all right i've caught the red flags again and i'm i'm out yeah I'm no you've got money fair and, banksing and out and the window yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got money and you got fair children so is there yeah is yeah. there a confrontation or what does that look like i resolved to give off ramps and stuff because what i was pursuing and I think and this was wrong of me again um I've made a lot of I I made a lot of wrong decisions in this but it's interesting because I think it was like a good example of like what it is to just try to make a relationship work that you don't believe in Mm. and I think not to generalize or be like you know sermonize or anything but a lot of people try just to follow the script yeah. and force a relationship to work for the sake of a relationship Mm. rather than being with that other person I agree um and so I just wanted like the honest word this time. Just say, I'm into this other person. Um, and I think I would like to give that a go. And it's like, okay, you know, I want you to be happy. I will leave. Um, so I, get, I would have, I had that conversation a bunch of times. Where you tried to get her to say. Yeah. To the point when I was like, if you want to be with Robert, be with Robert. That's I'll be I'll be okay. I can take it. Kind yeah. Of thing. And and still and and still, still no. like um, you know, sometimes I get some raw honesty of like I'm so confused and stuff. So I knew the confusion was there right, and that okay. the conf- the inner conflict was definitely there. But I just no one wanted to make the call. Me being a stubborn fool 
I yeah. wanted to be success at boyfriend, therefore yeah. you could be also the success at I got dumped. Like, yeah, exactly. It, it wasn't me that pulled the pin. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. it didn't fail because of anything I did. Yeah, mm. but sometimes you have to be the one that uh, pulls that pin. Absolutely, and I should have pulled it much earlier. But I was stubborn, you, and I was. But you did pull it? Question mark or? Eventually. So what happened was these like hangouts obviously expanded beyond rock climbing because they really liked each other. Uh, we went hiking together and their rapport was frankly great. It was really yeah. nice to listen to. And I was like, oh, this is like what Gwen sounds like when she's having fun with someone. Oh, <laughs> like no. not just following the script and like being surprised. This and spontaneity. The spontaneity. This is yeah. Riffing. This yeah, is... yeah. And uh, so after that, I had that another off ramp uh, denied. Um, so then it got to a point where she want she was going to have like a full day with robert um go so go climbing in the coffee climb go get groceries come back to our it's house it's a dating day a, a full dating day, day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no have lunch get groceries then yeah. go back and cook dinner at our house mm. and i was at work that whole day so as i was walking home hands in my pockets this gut feeling just radiating through my entire like soul i was just, I wonder if my Olympus has fallen. Mm. And then I look up and Olympus Street that we live off <laughs> is literally fallen down. Right. <laughs> like, huh. huh. And so I go and I have my little dinner that they cooked um, for themselves and for me, which was very nice. And it was <laughs> a Fucking <pleasant>. weird, man. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, man, this, is, this doesn't feel this good at good. all. <laughs> this, can someone call it? <laughs> I can feel that tension in the room. I can, fe- I can feel myself Somebody in Somebody just, just put people out of their misery. <laughs> just cutting into This the- is literally the definition of having her cake and eating it too. Like at, yeah, this, yeah. at this point, yeah, she's, exactly. she's getting the, she's, she's having the date. She's having the dinner with the boyfriend in the home. Like yep. it's like shit will get off the pot. Either one of you, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think it was a lot. I learned a lot from this, but one big handy thing about this whole journey was trusting my gut. And I yes. learned because I come from quiet suburbia where we're all very amenable and like congenial mm. and never want to like cause an inconvenience. Um, this gave me a lot of confidence to be inconvenient because it will help. It. Oh, be inconvenient. <laughs> I love that. Great. I love it. Be inconvenient. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like it would have. It was. It was always going to be inconvenient to break up. Yeah. So mm. Just do it, and you help yourself and everyone else in the long run. Yes. <laughs> so, so did you do it? Uh, not at that dinner. Oh, that damn was, it. Uh, that would have been fun. That would have okay. been a good scene. That would have been cinema. Uh, just right. like cutting into my casserole. <laughs> I'm done. So how was your day? <laughs> <laughs> so when when did we when did we call it and how did that happen? Um, I went to a boot camp in the morning. Oh, no, we gave it a week. We had like a week allowance. No, two weeks. And I was, and I was like, I've had enough, but I would need, I want you to be sure that you've had enough and stuff. So I want to know where you're at. And she's like, can you give me two weeks or something? Right. And, but we had a party scheduled for right before the end of that two weeks Mm -hmm. in which uh, Robert was invited. Mm -hmm. And that really called it. Um, 
because it was like this weird, because there was a party on the balcony upstairs that I was holding court at with all of my friends and stuff. And then she was having her party downstairs. It was this massive divide. <laughs> I would not like to have been at that party. No, yeah. thank you. No. Tom, were you at that party? No, I don't believe I was. <laughs> no, it was, it was, thank God for that. I, I preserved a lot of my friends from this party for yeah. uh, good reason. <laughs> um, um, like, like my one of my best friends from high school lived across the street and stuff, so like they yeah, were there yeah. and everything. Um, and I found out late after the fact that uh, she held hands with Robert downstairs and stuff, so like that was very much being kind of like allowed, I guess, by that point. Yeah. Um, and so we, uh, I went to boot camp, and she was like, "I know it's at the end of the two weeks, but uh, let's have a talk." And I kind of, I didn't feed her lines going into the script theme again, but I was she was finding it very hard to say it because I think pushing someone away is a very hard thing for her to do. And at this point, your relationship is built on repression. I'm sorry, yeah. but it yeah, is yeah. like... Very well said. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just like... So you eked it out of her. Yeah, it's yeah. like you don't see a future here, do you? And, you know, shakes her head and it's all... It's like, a, it's like you're firing her in a, in a way. Now, do you see yourself Do you see yourself in this company <laughs> no! in two years' time? Yeah, yeah. That kind of fear where they, you're mm. kind of leading them to, to be yeah. fired. Yeah. It, was, it was a strange feeling knowing where I was at so firmly in that conversation. Mm. And, I, and I still can't believe, though, Maddie, that yeah. you didn't stick up for yourself in this conversation in terms of you still were trying to get her to make the call, yeah, even though you true. had made the call mm. in your head and in your gut and you were still... Yeah. Yeah. Like, say and you, you were so focused on w being the winner and winning, but yeah, yeah. another dude was having lunch with your, your dinner with your woman in your house. <laughs> that's not a winner, you know. That, and you were still <laughs> waiting for her to decide, even though you'd already decided yeah. in your gut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, very... Big thing I had to learn on that front of like, you know, allowing myself. Yeah, but realizing that losing the relationship and knowing your value is not losing being a boyfriend or anything. You can. Mm. So that's a perfect transition into lessons learned, I think, from yeah. this. Um, yeah, walked away and yeah, parted ways and moved out. And it was ended up being very amicable. And it's, yeah, and this is the thing. This is one lesson that I would like people to take away from this. Um, I mean, I love the way that you put it, be inconvenient. If something mm. is not working for you, you're doing nobody any favours by sticking it out. You're just drawing out the inevitable and making it death of a thousand cuts instead yeah. of, you know, and it can be amicable and you can separate effectively. And as you said, just because a chapter ended doesn't mean that the rest of it didn't mean anything, but... I really think that if you know in your heart or if you're f not feeling it, don't wait for the other person to also decide yes. they're not feeling it. You've got to end it mm. because not all breakups are going to be mutual, but you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you are in a relationship that you've got one foot out of just because you don't want to upset somebody else. Yeah, Absolutely. And I've been reflecting a lot about how, like, you know, we, we both made questionable decisions during those years and everything, but from my end, like... It's no, no, uh, from understanding her end, it sucks being in a relationship when the other person's got one foot out the door. Yeah. It sucks. It absolutely fucking sucks. I've been there and it fucking sucks. Yeah. And especially because I've like reflected on my own social contract, which is a, a big lesson I think mm. I would like to share. It's like define your own social contract, not just with your relationships, but with your friends. Like, and yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, what do you, one. yeah, with yourself. Like, Where's your boundaries? What do you value in people? What do you expect from people? And 
I wrote this down as one of my own lessons was that you set boundaries before the relationship, but you lost your boundaries during the relationship. Mm. And I think that was very important that in trying to play the role of boyfriend, you were so great with setting boundaries when you had rules when you weren't in a relationship. And then all of a sudden when you were trying to be in a relationship, you lost them. So it's important Mm. to ensure that you keep boundaries. Absolutely. I'll just, I'll just tack on the lesson learned when you're, any time in a, in a new relationship, uh, in a relationship or particularly a new relationship, keep tabs on what you're giving up and what you're being asked to give up. Because the thing that you give up in that in order to pursue that relationship may yeah. be the shopping list of things that they fell in love, like that they, they liked to in you in the first place. Absolutely. So um, just, be co- just, be, just be cautious. Yeah. On, on and the relationship things. is not the goal in itself. It's being with someone you want to be with and spend time with them yeah. and them wanting to spend time with you. Don't do the blinkers thing when you're like, okay, I want to get to the altar or I want to get to the big romantic kiss dip as the sun sets over yeah. the fucking horizon. Like yeah, yeah. you've got to pick up, wake up and choose that person every day. Yes. Not, not, you know, well, I've chosen them now, so let's make this work. Absolutely. And don't feel like, oh, I've heard their boundaries and I understood them and I've abided by them, but now... Um, I, I feel like I can't, I can't abide by that contract anymore. Don't feel like, well, I've already signed it. I'm stuck in this. No. There's, every day is a renegotiation. Every day is a renegotiation. That's right, beautiful. That's right, yeah. re- readers. You don't choose your partner once. You choose them every day. Every yes. day you yes. have to wake up and make that assessment. So, uh, so there we go. Some lessons, lessons learned yeah. at, a, at a, a saga of a story. Matthew, yeah. thank you for coming on and being honest about yourself, about uh, Gwen and about the relationship that you share. I think that's the first time that we've used the dump them button on the guest. On the at guest. the guest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally <laughs> And I'm fine. into it. And we can thank – so Zane's off today. We've got producer Dom in. So yes. we can thank them for, for that uh, excellent, inspired, excellent inspired, inspired use. use of the dump them button. But and honestly, everybody at home, uh, please thank uh, Dom Guilfoyle for coming in on short notice. Very short session. notice Woo. to save the day. Thank you. So uh, thank may you. I give a small epilogue to my saga? You absolutely may. So obviously Robert became a bit of a public enemy number one in my paradigm. Paranoid brain, of course. Um, ranting, monologuing, Shakespearean into the night. Um, months and months later, I'd done this big soul-searching journey of like enjoying my own company and meeting the Maddie on the other side and getting mm. to uh, practicing the things I wanted to enjoy again and really feeling like myself. So that the next time I met someone awesome, which I did, um, they would really click with me and I would not feel like I'd have to play the boyfriend. Yes. And I'm climbing my tree that I climb every day. And under the tree walks Robert. And I call down to him and I say, ah, if it isn't my old enemy. And he looks up and sees me. He's like, if it isn't my arch nemesis. We have a talk like me enjoying the high ground for a little bit. And then I invite him up to the tree and we have this beautiful conversation. And I, I think we left that tree as like good friends. I'm excited to see him again around the around the grapevine. He has it all out and figured it yeah, out. Yeah, producer walk- Dom has pulled down the microphone. So somehow, at the end of all of this, you somehow managed to turn this whole thing into Enigma Montoya and yes, uh, and they, Wesley. Yes, right exactly. There, right there you killed my relationship. Yeah. Prepared to die. Exactly. <laughs> Dom, my friend, you're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> Gee whiz. So. Ladies, gentlemen, all and sundry at home, thank you for joining us on another episode of Ghosts of Boatman's Past. We thank Matthew for coming on once again. 
Elizabeth Best, what a roller coaster. What a roller coaster. The scrapes and bumps we find ourselves that, in. But like not in a I enjoy your pain, <laughs> but it was nice hearing a story that I knew nothing about. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest, you can go to that's not canon.com forward slash ghosts of boyfriends past or just drop us a message. Mm. If you want to drop us a message, we check our inbox on uh, Facebook and on Instagram very regularly. If it's so a, in response to a question we've we've had asked on the show. You've got if advice, you've got advice, but you know, please yes and us. We're only so good on this podcast. Otherwise rate and review the show. If please and share. Yes, share it. Someone will get a little bit of help out of this. It's not just pointing and laughing at other people. We try and get advice and good things out of it too. Uh, the last thing I'll do is thank you all for listening. That means the most to us out of everything. Thousands of you tune in every week to listen to us, and that means the world to Elizabeth and I. Absolutely does. And I'd like to end on one final note. Guys, be inconvenient. I can't love that enough. Be inconvenient. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns. The ancient and esoteric order of the Jackalope is a secret society devoted to unearthing and sharing this forgotten knowledge. Each episode, we take one of these strange stories and share it with you. No topic is off limits, except for the obvious. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold.